So we want to welcome all those watching online today. We are so glad you take time to tune in and to watch us online and join this service online wherever you may be around the world. Thank you so much. And we want to invite you, if you're ever in our area, please be our guest. We'd love to meet you and have a chance to send you home with some free gifts. But most of all, we love to see your smiling face. It's one thing to watch online, but it's on a whole another level to attend in person. So come and be our guest. Today, we're going to continue in our series, Views. Views. We are learning that God has got a different viewpoint for us. Sometimes God needs to change our point of view. Sometimes God needs to change our vantage point, our views, where we're at, what we're looking at. We want to see him differently, and we need to know that he sees us differently at times as well. Let's go right to our text, Revelations 12, 11 says that and they have defeated the enemy, talking about Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. Now, we all know the power of the blood of Jesus, the blood of the spotless lamb, had the power to redeem us, has the power to forgive me of my sins, has the power to break a hold of sin in my life. The blood of Jesus is all powerful, but the Bible says just as powerful, the blood of the lamb and by the testimony, the word of their testimony. Your testimony becomes a powerful tool that God has designed for you to defeat the enemy in your life. God wants you to learn to speak out your testimony. God wants you to learn to speak the goodness of God over your life and to other people. Don't just say, I've, I've got the blood of Jesus. That is the first part of it. But the second part is I also got a testimony that the angels can't sing. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This blood redeemed me, changed me, set me back on the right spot in righteousness with the Father. And so we have a testimony. God says it becomes powerful for us defeating the enemy in our life when we learn to use it. So I want you throughout this series to continue to discover the power of your testimony, the power of your story. I opened up a few weeks ago, sat in a chair and talked about some of the struggles I had as I was learning to give my life fully to Jesus and some of the thought process going through my mind and heart. And today I want to do some of the same. I want to share with you and talk to you about some of the, the struggles in my life and how I approach some things and how God did things in my heart long before it came out in open and in public. Uh, have you ever felt like you had a call of God on your life and nobody else really knew or cared? Have you ever felt like God's put a, a God-sized dream in your heart and you don't even know how that's going to come out yet? Maybe it's so big you haven't even dared shared it with anybody. Because it's there, it's inside you. Maybe a dream from God that God's called you to something different and more. It's, it's not on the outside yet, but it's burning on the inside of you. It's there. How do you walk that out? How do you live that out? I've been there, done that, and I want to talk to you about that today. Look what 1 Peter 5, 6 says. Humble ourselves. Humble yourselves, but therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in my time, right? No, what does it say? That he may lift you up, some say exalt you, in due time. Let's say it together, in due time. The thing is, we want it in my time. I, I, want, I want recognition now. I want promotion now. I, I want my opportunity to lead now. I, I want it in my time 
It's our time. I want it. But the first step is learning that God has got to call you to a place of humbling yourself. And humbling yourself is much more than one service, one prayer of saying, God, I'll humble myself before you. Those can often be starting points, but it becomes a lifestyle where you begin to humble yourself and exalt the Lord. Can you learn to be obedient where you're at now? Can you learn to humble yourself now? Can you go all in before you're leading? Can you go all in before you get the promotion? Can you go all in before you get the recognition? Can you go all in before you get the title? That's where it's at. That's where the secret sauce is at. Can I humble myself when nobody else knows I'm humbling myself? Can I humble myself when nobody else is calling me out on it? See, we live in a society that is get famous quick. More than ever, we live in the TikTok generation, Instagram, YouTube. I mean, it doesn't take, all it takes is one viral moment and you can have instant fame, instant notoriety. And we're raising a generation who is looking for their five minutes of fame as fast as they can get it. And they're looking for how many followers they can get and how, many, how, how much exposure they can get. And we have fed this to them. Parents, we have fed this to them. Their society is feeding this to them. But what's happening is this, is that we are doing everything reverse of what the Word of God says. He says you got to learn to be humble first and then He will exalt you. You got to be humble first, and then God takes you where you need to be. There, there is no overnight. That's what got Joseph in trouble. Joseph had a dream of God. He was going to be ruler. His brothers were going to bow down to him. Bow down to him. Remember that? And what did he do? He went out right away. Hey, listen, you'll never believe the dream I had. I know, I know, me either. You guys are all going to bow down and honor me and worship me. Listen, you snot-nosed punk. <laughs> we're your older brothers. That's not going to happen. And they decided, oh, yeah, you're wearing dad's, your dad's coat again. Oh, yeah, that favorite coat, right? Your dad's favorite. Some of you people with siblings, you know what I'm talking about. Your dad's favorite. Yeah, mom's favorite. You have all these things happen. causes jealousy. He gets thrown in the pit. He gets sold off to slavery. He gets lied about in, in Potiphar's house. He gets thrown in prison in the king's palace. I mean, how much further away could he be? He was spending time in the prison, spending time as a slave, and yet he had a God-sized dream inside of him that God said, you're going to be a ruler over the nation. You're going to lead many people. You're going to help many people. I'm sure it didn't feel that way when he was working as a slave in Potiphar's house. I'm sure it didn't feel that way when he was in prison and be put in prison and be falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. There's a lot of things he was going through, but he didn't stop there. He allowed God to do something in him. He served Potiphar well, even though he was sold off into slavery. He did the best of his ability. When he was put into to the prison, he served the prison guards well. He served the king well. Anytime he had a chance to help out, he, he did it, and it elevated. And one day, God took him from the dungeon all the way to the second in command of Egypt. God promoted him him in one day. And why? Because in one day his brothers showed back up. The brothers who sold him off and dug the pit and lied to dad and put him on this mess. 
what they intended for harm, God turned it around for good and God worked it out in his life. And one day those same brothers came before him and they bowed down and said, brother, I'm sorry that we, we did this to you. And instead of saying, put them in prison, instead of saying, put them to death, he says, I forgive you. See, God had to take him to a place where he could forgive those that had hurt him if he was going to lead a nation through the famine, if he was going to lead the nation through one of the toughest economic places that it had ever been, it needed to have a man who was not worried about notoriety. He needed a man who wasn't worried about getting revenge. You would need a man who needed other people's approval. This man's like, I've already experienced all this. All I want is God's approval. All I need is God's approval. And he was able to give out God's love to those who needed it. We've got to do this. See, our thought process is this. If I have the talent and I'm not using it right now, there's a problem. I've got a problem. I've got the talent. I've got the dream. I've got the vision. And if it's not being used right now, if it's not being used the way I think it needs to be, if it's not getting someone to notice it right away, we have a tendency to try to self-promote. We have a tendency, well, I'll just start my own. We have a tendency to do what we want to do. But how many know our time is not due time? Our time is not God's time. And God has a due time and a due season. And that doesn't just happen overnight. But the sooner I learn to humble myself, the sooner I can serve somebody else, the sooner I can do the dirty work in the prison, the more God can elevate me to the palace. That's where God wants me to be. That's where he wants you to be. Look at the pattern here. Matthew 6, Matthew 6 and chapter 33. He, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Let, let me put it another way. You got to go all in. Are you all in? That's the question today. Are you all in? He said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. So what does that mean? I, I'm seeking first God. What can I do to build your kingdom, not my kingdom? God, what can I do to get closer? The word of God says that through Jesus' blood in our life, that when we accept what he did on the cross, that we are made righteous and right standing with the Father. And so the closer I get to Jesus, the more I experience his righteousness in my life. And so I want to get closer to Jesus. I want to have his righteousness be first in my life. The more I seek his kingdom, then God can add the desires of my heart. Then God can take those God-given dreams and pull them out. Then God can use the ability he's given me that maybe other people do not see or even know about. But first, it requires me being all in for the kingdom, all in for the kingdom of God, all in for his righteousness in my life. Seek first the kingdom, not get 10,000 followers first. Seek first the kingdom, not get the promotion first. Seek first the kingdom, not get the title first. Seek first the kingdom, be all in. We must have a kingdom first mentality and then the other things will follow. I was talking to my friend the other day and uh, I was talking to my friend Andy and I love Andy and Amber. I'm so proud of you guys. And their whole family's been coming for the past year and they started coming and then they've added other friends and other family members and they filled up a whole row of people and have at times had another row and a half of other people behind them sitting there. And, and I love, he's got neighbors coming, he's got friends coming. 
He said, Pastor, I told my friends and family the other day, they're, they're all coming. I told them before you get up to preach, I wanted to tell them this, so that, listen, when he gets up there, Pastor Gene's going to tell you this. He's going to start talking about the offering. And he's going to say, if you're a first-time guest, feel no pressure to give in this offering. And I told them, he's going to say that, but don't believe him. Go ahead and start giving right now. I'm like, no, you didn't. He goes, yeah, I did. He goes, I told him, you might as well start the blessing now. You might as well go in now. You might as well go all in now because the sooner you go all in, the sooner God can begin to bless your life. I said, man, you need to preach, Andy. That's great. He goes, so when I bring my friends, I'm like, get your phone out. I want to see you holding up your phone to the QR code. I said, can you walk around during offering and make sure everybody else is doing that too, Andy? So I'll be happy to do it, Pastor. <laughs> I love that because he says, you know, I've experienced in my life that God has blessed me. And the, the quicker we go all in, the quicker God can bless me. But he knows that my blessing comes from going all in. See, we see frustration. God sees preparation. We get frustrated. I'm stuck here. I'm frustrated where I'm at right now. I'm frustrated that this dream hasn't come out of me. I'm frustrated that this hasn't happened yet. I'm frustrated that I'm not getting noticed. I'm frustrated I'm not being used the way I want to be used. I'm frustrated I'm not leading the ministry the way I want to lead the ministry. I'm frustrated I'm not getting promotion to work the way I want to get promoted. We have all this frustration, but God sees it as preparation. How can you respond during the frustration? Will tell about your character. It will tell about your endurance. It will tell about your faithfulness. It will tell about your commitment. Can God trust you during the frustration time? Can God trust you during that time? You see, it's in the frustration time that God begins to sand the rough spots in our life. I'm frustrated, but God is sanding on me. That's why I'm irritated. God's sanding on me. He's taking away some things. There, there's some selfish things in my life I still got to get rid of. There's some pride in my life I still got to lay down at his feet. There's some things I'm still hanging on that I haven't surrendered to God yet. And so God is causing me to walk in seasons of frustrated. I mean, can you imagine the frustration in Joseph's life? I got the dream, but I'm in prison. I'm mean, a slave, betrayed by my family. I mean, God had to do all this rough edges out of his life. God had to strip all that down to where it was just him and God. Just him and God. God will allow our frustration to be preparation. Don't get, too many people give up during the frustration side. Too many people give up because they ain't got a promotion in three months. Well, I, I'll never be used to this church and I'll leave. Well, I'll never be able to do this at this job. I leave. I'll never be able to do this in this ministry. And I quit. Come on now. I haven't been doing ministry for almost 30 years without having some stories. I'm talking about over, over decades. That's what I've experienced. People have a tendency, well, I'm, I'm called. Well, join the club. We're all called. I'm highly favored. We're all highly favored. Come on now. You ain't that special, I ain't that special. Come on, we're all special in God's eyes together. I have a plan, but God has a better plan. God's waiting for me to go all in for the kingdom. God's waiting for me to humble myself and go all in. Are you going all in for the kingdom? Matthew 25 and 23. This is what Jesus said. He, he said, his master replied, well done. You good and faithful servant, you have been faithful. Let's say that word together. He has been faithful with the few things. 
I will put you in charge of many things. See, everybody wants the many things. Everybody wants the many. Everybody wants to be in charge of many things. I want to be the person in charge of many things, but nobody wants to be the ruler over the few. Nobody wants to be in charge of the few. Nobody wants to do excellence with the few. But it's in the few that God uses me to show him my commitment. It's there God uses that to humble me. It's there God uses that to develop me. It's the few. Let me ask you an important question today. Am I, ask yourself this question, am I being faithful over the small things in my life right now? Turn to your neighbor and say, ooh, you better answer that question. Am I being faithful over the small things God's placed in my life right now? Am I being faithful over the jobs, the job he's given me right now? Am I being faithful over the marriage he's given me right now? Am I being faithful over the things, am I being faithful over his kingdom now? Am I being faithful in my church attendance now? Am I being faithful in the ministry I signed up for now? I remember my first ministry opportunities and God was doing a work in my life and I remember just serving and I, I was in, I did a lot of serving before I went to Bible college as a young man, but I was usually volunteering for things to get me out of church. I volunteered for anything that would take me out of big service so I could, I could miss it. Luke, can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about right there, amen. Yeah, you understand? He's been raised in the church all his life. He knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes, Pastor, two services is too much. I got to get out there. So, you know, we, we have to sometimes look at our life and I, like I did it. But as I grew up and matured, and I remember giving my heart to the Lord fully, uh, and God was calling me. I remember I went to Bible college. I didn't know where to start. I'm just, just going to go to Bible college, and I was seeking after God's will in my life. And I had friends who were leading big ministries and leading things, getting asked to preach and getting asked to speak, getting asked to be this, do that. And I was like, man, you know, no one wants me to do anything. I, I could do it better than them. You know, that's what I thought. I, I couldn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I remember, I remember they uh, asked me to preach my first message. And I was like, man, I got up. And I just, no, this is no lie. I got up and I like, read my text and the whole room went blank. I was so nervous. The whole room whited out. And then about 10 minutes later, everything came back into focus. And I was like, amen. I don't have any idea what I said. I don't remember one thing that I was, I was so without a clue. Some guy had come in drunk in the back and they brought him to the altar. I think he got saved. I was like, yeah, hallelujah. Something happened, you know, but I have no clue what had happened. True story. And I thought, good Lord, I did not, I couldn't sleep for like two weeks, nervous. I didn't know what I was going to do. Finally, I remember I started serving with a person who took over a church and uh, took over a church. I had like 30, 40 people. And I just started serving him and helping out the best I could. And finally, he asked me to, to he said, would, would you, uh, Gene, would you be willing to lead the youth ministry here and start a youth ministry and get it going and help out? I said, sure, anything I can help out. And, and the first youth service we had, we had seven, six or seven, maybe a seven, including me and my wife, okay, people there. And I was like, wow, this is it, okay, all right. You know, it wasn't glamorous. It was like seven of us. I'm like, hey, what do we do now? I don't know, but we're excited. I remember this is true story. Like the following week, I was like, all right, I'm going to teach them on uh, communion and have the elements there. And we, I'm going to take these teens through communion. And we had a whole communion set set up for seven people. But we had like a whole thing, like 45 of them in there filled out, you know. That was faith. And so I showed up 
prepared and we're passing communion while I'm trying to give a devotion on communion. All of a sudden I hear clank, 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 clank. The whole thing flips over. Communion goes, crackers go across the room. Juice spills on half the people on the carpet. The pastor's wife's mad at me. I spilled grape juice on the carpet. Crackers are everywhere. The kids are laughing. I lost the whole thing. You know, I had no clue what I was doing. But yet, I began to serve faithful, and I began to say, you know what? I, nowadays, if we want to learn something, we can just Google and get a, a plethora of ideas, right? All these things right there. There was a time when the Internet first started, back when I was, you know, starting out in ministry, that, you know, you want to Google something, you had to actually hear, like, dun-dun-dun, gong, and dial up and connect. Remember those days? And then when you push in like youth ministry ideas, it would take like one idea would come up and it would take like a on your screen. Like it's loading, it's loading, it's loading. Go get a drink of water, come back, it's halfway loaded, you know. And, oh, my show's over. It's all the way loaded right now. You guys, some of you are like, what is that? It was called the internet, okay? It wasn't always a touch of the screen like it is now. Anybody can amen. You remember those days? Some of you people in the house, okay. It was, it was tough. You guys never know the pain. So I had, I had to actually get out and actually call people and like, hey, call people who were doing things that were, were working. Like, hey, can I go to lunch with you and buy you lunch? Tell me about your youth ministry. Tell me what's happening. Tell me, give me some ideas. Help me come up with some ideas. And I go visit their groups and visit different leaders and sit with different leaders. And if I was going to do something, I was going to do it to the very best. I wasn't being paid a dime. I was just asked to help serve. But if I was going to do it unto the Lord, I served like I was doing 150 and 200 kids. And I gave it my all. You know what? Eventually we ran 150, 200 kids every week because I was giving it my all. And I went from volunteering to where he, he had no choice, but he had said, I got to get you on. And he put me on part-time. And I, I served like I was full-time even when I was part-time. And, and because of that, I eventually went full-time. And over years I've watched and other people were preaching and leading. And I was just stuck over here in youth ministry doing nothing. And I'm like, this person's over here speaking. They're going to hired by a bigger church. But finally, he said, Gina, I would like for you to start doing the announcements on Sunday morning. So I'm like, it's about time I get the microphone on Sunday morning. Right? No, that wasn't it at all. I was like, okay. You know what I did? I gave the best announcements that church had ever seen. I came in prepared. I knew exactly what I was going to be saying. I knew exactly what I was going to be announcing. I, I had stories. I had, sometimes I had funny jokes, you know, whatever. And sometimes I would give the pastor my jokes, and he would come up and use them in front of the church and get laughs, and he never gave me credit for it. But I wasn't worried about getting credit. I was worried about making him look good. I was worried about doing everything I could to elevate him in the eyes of the rest of the people. Uh, if the, I was leading the announcements and going into a worship song, I knew what the first verse was so I could pray a prayer that would lead right into that song. I mean, I went all out, man. I went all in. I remember the first time he asked me to preach on a Wednesday night. We had this big auditorium with like a handful of people. Man, I preached like a man on fire. I preached like we had a balcony full of people. I preached. I was like, I don't care who's here. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in and give it my best. 
I, I cleaned when nobody else wanted to clean. I, I set up when nobody else wanted to set up. I, I gave when nobody else wanted to give. I emptied out my bank account many times because God asked me to do it. And nobody else knew it or gave me a pat on the back. But God was calling me somewhere. God was using me to do something. And everybody wants to be here, but not everybody wants to pay the price. Leadership. God wants to use you. God wants to call it out of us. God's got a life-size dream inside of us, but he's asking you, can you you be faithful now? Can you be faithful over the things you're leading now? Ask yourself this question. Am I making my boss? Am I making my ministry leader that I'm serving at church, the job I work for? Am I making their job easier or am I making it harder? Do they sit around worried about me from week to week thinking, are they going to show up? Are they not going to show up? Are they going to be on time? Will they not be on time? Will they do what I've asked them to do? Will they not ask me to do? Or are you the kind of leader that says, how can I make your job easier? Am I doing everything I can to make that leader look good? Am I doing everything I can to make that leader? Well, I wanted to get the praise. Listen, when you don't care about who gets the praise, God can do amazing things with that kind of teamwork. God can multiply a church full of nobodies who all point to somebody. It's all the glory goes to Jesus. Come on now, turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you this morning. The reason our life feels stuck is our attitude gets stuck. Stuck on me, right? I think Lionel Richie should have sang that song, right? Stuck on me. Not stuck on you. I'm stuck on me. It's all about me. We should be worshiping that morning another way. It's all about me, Jesus. It's all about me. We might as well, because that's the way our attitude reflects many times in our life. No, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Those who humble themselves, God can bring into your due season. God can bring the due season to you when you humble yourselves, plant yourself somewhere, lock in, go deeper. Look at this statement. Let your roots grow so your fruit can show. The reason why you don't have any fruit many times is we keep unrooting ourselves and going somewhere else. And when the fruit doesn't happen overnight, we get up and we go somewhere else, we go somewhere else, and we never wait and plant our roots somewhere where God can actually do something in us. God's got fruit in your life. God's got fruit in your life. Let me hear, he wants to bring out, but you got to dig your roots deep and allow God to do that in your life. Mm. Listen, I'm telling you, I have lived this. This is my testimony. I stayed when others left. I served when nobody else wanted to. I did the things nobody else wanted to do. I grew my roots deep, and then eventually my fruit began to shine. Eventually God began to grow my fruit bigger. He began to use my fruit to do more. But it wasn't because I exalted myself. It was because God exalted me. Go all in, wherever it takes you. The other day, we were here working on a Friday afternoon, and there were some things that needed to be done. There were some some tables set up that need to be taken down and the room were set back up and I could have called somebody else to do it, but I was here. I wasn't afraid to do it. So I just started taking things down, putting that room back up and putting it together. And I noticed there was another staff member here working on, working on another area of the church. And 
came in the auditorium. There were some guys working on the AC, and there were some other people working on the platform, some working in the back on the media. There's people here in the office working, people in the coffee shop working, cleaning up and getting restocked, people reorganizing closets, taking out trash, hauling out trash by the dump loads out there. We're all walking around. We keep passing each other, going back and forth to the dumpster, people setting up their classrooms. And I was like, I told one of the staff, I said, listen, isn't ministry fun? We're all here dirty. We're all working. I said, everybody's got this glamorous thing about ministry. And really ministry is, can you take out the trash? Can you set up? Can you serve? See, everybody wants to leave, but not everybody wants to serve. Everybody wants a title, but not everybody wants to get dirty. Uh, That's where it's at. Am I all in? You see, don't be afraid. That's where it's at. Don't be afraid to go all in. Are you making the person you serve, are you making their job easier? Are you going to them and saying, how can I make your job easier? How can I serve you better? I, I guarantee if we, had, if we had people in every ministry in this church go and tell their leader that and ask them that question, this church would automatically, boom, just raise automatically to a different level because people are kingdom-minded. People are raising that level. How faithful are you? At the small things in your life. How faithful are you over the job God's given you now? Not the job you want to have, over the job you have now. How faithful are you to the church you attend now? How faithful are you over the ministries you're serving in now? How faithful are you over the money God's given you now? How faithful are you in your tithe and giving now? How faithful are you in your worship now? How faithful are you in your spiritual growth now? Well, if, I, if I'm asked to lead, I'm going to have to really do a lot. I'm going to have to get a lot closer to God. No, you get close to God first. And then God will ask you to lead. And then God opens the door. That's what happens. Is it possible that God's asking you to submit some area of your life that you're still hanging on to? What is the areas of our life we're hanging on to that we need to submit to God right now? Can you imagine what King David must have gone through in his mind? Can you imagine what King David would have thought when he's called out in front of all of his brothers? He's anointed king. Samuel anoints him, says, you're going to be the next king of Israel. God's hand of favor is leaving King Saul, and I'm anointing you here in front of all your family, all your brothers. King, most of us would be like, hey, it's about time, right? It's about time I get some recognition. But the Bible says after he did that, he had to go back out and take care of the sheep. He had to go back. He had the job nobody else wanted, taking care of the dirty sheep out there on the backside of the desert. He's out there taking care of them. Other brothers got to do better jobs, got to do things with more responsibility. It says that when the Philistines came, that he wasn't even asked to join the army. He wasn't even allowed to fight with them. He had to stay back and take the tear of the sheep for dad and run things for dad while everybody else got to go off and be, be the heroes and the soldiers and Men of honor and valor. He said to take care of the sheep. But see, there was something about David's spirit that pleased the Lord. And the Bible says that he didn't just go back out and take care of sheep. He went out and took care of the sheep. He put his life on the line for the sheep. And when one was attacked by the lion, one was attacked by the bear. It says he got out there and he fought for them. And he, he killed them and got that sheep back. Let me be honest, if that was me, I was like, see you later. <laughs> you bad luck today, all right? 
See you. Don't want to be you. Dad, we lost one. But he didn't do that. He did it with such excellence that he had to fight off the lion, it says, and he also had to fight off the bear. Then he also says that he had to play for the king, that the king was having, when God's spirit began to leave him, he was being tormented. And so they called, well, there's a shepherd boy who, who can play the harp, and he becoming, a, as the Bible says, he played skillfully. He didn't just play. I mean, can you imagine being David, being asked to play skillfully for the man that God's taken his hand off of, and you know you've already been appointed the next king, and you're going to take his place? He's losing his mind, and you're coming in and just bringing the presence of the Lord into his life, bringing soothing into his life. You're serving him with skillful, skillfully you served him. I don't think I could have done it. David could. That's why he was different. See, God had him taking care of the lion. God had him taking care of the bear because there was going to be some big giants in his life later that he was going to have to face. In order for him to walk into his due season, it meant he had to face up to some Goliaths. But first, he had to face the, the faithfulness. Can he be out there when nobody else is there? Can he do the jobs nobody else wanted? Can he take care of the lion and the bear when nobody else is paying attention? When nobody else is that a boy, he did what was the right thing for his dad. When he was doing it skillfully for the king, when nobody else knew what was happening. God was preparing him as our musicians come. What will you do for God? What will you do? Will you go all in? I, I, I pray you say yes to that today. I pray that you say, Pastor, I'm ready to go all in. And I will just tell you this from a personal standpoint that I've had many people over the last few months tell me this. Pastor, I, I want to do more. I want to go all in. So that, that spirit's already beginning to rise up in, in the surface of our leadership and those who are serving. But I'm telling you, I believe God is calling all of us here at Destiny, every one of us, from me to the staff, to the leaders, to those serving, to those attending, that God's calling us to go all in. I say, God, I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready to go all in. God changed the way I view church. God changed the way I view ministry. God changed the way... I view leading. God changed the way I view leadership. Changed the way I view serving. Changed the way I view giving my life. Lord, I, I want that. Change me, God. Change my view. Help me to go all in. I'm going to invite you to stand up on your feet. And as you stand up on your feet today, how many say, Pastor, I'm really being challenged. I'm, I'm ready. Bet you, I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to go well into a next level. Come on, raise your hand, bet you. I want to see it. Come on, tell me, bet you. Don't raise your hand if you don't mean it, but if you mean it, raise your hand. That's fine. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I believe this. Keep both hands raised. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to go all in. You're calling us into a deeper place. And it's going to mean humbling ourselves, God. May our due season come in your due time, God. And may we get our eyes off of our due season and get our eyes about the kingdom. God, may we lift each other up. May we serve one another. May we put a kingdom first mindset. May we lay aside the things that society tries to tell us to promote and self-promote. And may we just look at God going all in for you. Lord, giving our life fully to you, surrendering our life fully to you. If that's you today, you need to do this. Say, God, I, I give you my life fully right now. I accept you as Lord of my life. God, I give you my life now. Where I'm at now, God, I'm giving it to you. 
God, take me to a deeper place. God, forgive me of holding back the things you've given me. Forgive me of holding back talents. Forgive me of holding back finances. Forgive me of holding back time. Forgive me of holding back praise. Forgive me of holding back, God. May I give it all to you. May I give you everything, God. May I go all in for the kingdom that you can exalt in due time. We say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let it be so in Jesus' name.